and welcome back to the Dreamcast. I am your host, Denise Walsh. I combine science, scripture, and stories that will inspire you to dive deep, break through your own personal glass ceiling, and design a life of your dreams. Are you overworked, overstressed, and overwhelmed? You want life to be different, but you don't even know how to get there. Man, oh man, I lived there myself. And in my experience with working with thousands of people from all walks of life, there is one simple thing that holds so many of us back, a lack of time management. We may know what we want, but we often don't know how to get there and don't feel like we can add one more thing into our already busy day. And that's exactly why I created the Dream Life Action Planner. It's a 90-day inspired game plan that will give you total clarity on your greatest priorities and skyrocket your productivity on the tasks that matter most. And now, for a limited time, you can get your own copy for free. And when you go to denisewalsh.com slash action. Denise Walsh, D-E-N-I-S-E-W-A-L-S-H dot com slash action, A-C-T-I-O-N. Put your information in and we will send this action planner directly to your inbox so you can set your goals, reprioritize your calendar and design your dream life today. Big, big welcome back to the Dreamcast. Ah, you guys, we just got back from a weekend at our big annual conference in Tampa, Florida. And I come home from events so filled up. I have loved meeting you. I love taking pictures and hugging and, and just like being on this journey together. And what's interesting is because so many of us live all around the world, it can feel like we're doing business alone. But as we say, we are in business for ourselves, but not by ourselves. And these events truly allow us to connect and spend good time together, right? Asking questions, getting to know each other, taking pictures, and most importantly, laughing. (laughs) Um, So our next guest is someone who knows all about scaling a business. And so a lot of us are new entrepreneurs, right? But we know that we want to continue to grow our business, continue to leverage our time and continue to get get creative, to make more money. And often I feel like people look at me, I've been in my company for almost 13 years and they'll say, how do you do it? How do you do it all? How do you stay active on social media and with your team and create events? And I can tell you, it's not alone. (laughs) And I think that's something that a lot of people don't see is that there's, there's a team behind the success. Right, we go from solopreneur to to scaling our business and bringing on supports so that we can do it all. You know, I do believe we can be an engaged, loving mom and wife, and we can run a thriving business. But we do need to set ourselves up for that by creating a team to support us. So our next guest is the CEO of Yes Boss VA Virtual Assistant, and they do so many things. They help with social media management, graphic design email funnels, click funnels. They do PR, blogging, client management, and processes. They help with online summits and launches. And to tell us all the things for how to take your business and truly create a team that supports you 
is CEO Kristen Molinar. Hey, thank you for having me. It's such I'm, a pleasure to be here. Me too. And I'm excited to pick your brain because <laughs> these are all things I need help with myself. And I know our audience as they grow will too. But before we jump into what you do now, I'd love to hear how did this even start for you? Mm. Yeah, my journey into this business that I currently own is that I was giving up on entrepreneurialism. (laughs) I left the corporate world back in 2014. I wanted to become a coaching consultant in the beauty industry, launching skincare and makeup brands because that's what I did from a corporate perspective. Struggled for a year, made about $5,000 that first year and just was beating my head against the wall. But I had had a taste of freedom, right? And so this entrepreneurial like grit in me just desperately didn't want to completely give up. But I knew that I just couldn't keep grinding and not going anywhere. So what I did is I went on HireMyMom.com. Fantastic place if you're looking for a team, looking to build, uh, build your business. I went on HireMyMom.com. The ironic thing is I was not even a mom. <laughs> but anyways, I applied for a few, a few positions. And I thought, you know what? I could just pick up some kind of like virtual assistant gig. And then I could still have flexibility. Well, what happened is I read the contract of my first gig. And the contract was contracting with me as like a company. And I realized, wait, I don't have to do all this work myself, I could actually outsource some of this work. So I started with like outsourcing blogs for my client. And I quickly noticed that there was a real win there because I was able to continue to do what I wanted. The client was getting a win. And at the time, I was able to provide an opportunity for a college student. But what happened from there is really, I built the business to making good money to support my husband and I while only working five hours per week in it so that I could go off and continue to do what I was calling these like passion projects. And I thought that my real calling was in these other businesses. And it wasn't until about two and a half years into having started Yes Boss that I realized that I was burning myself out on these businesses that weren't gaining the traction that Yes Boss originally had. And really, like we were talking about before we started recording, it was at that point in this like utter burnout where I felt like God told me like, Hey, you're holding on to what you think think I want for you so tightly that you can't even hear me. I need you to step back. And so I took a sabbatical from all the businesses that weren't really making a whole lot of money. And coming back from that, I feel like he said to me, Hey, steward the business that I've given you. And so that's when I really started to own the fact that I own a virtual agency. And I let go of the pride that was attached to that. And the pride was that I didn't want to be seen as a virtual assistant. I wanted to be seen as an entrepreneur. But in humbling myself and really doing what God told me to do, what he did was he created my entrepreneurial journey and my entrepreneurial path for me and really gave that to me once I humbled myself and was obedient. I love that because there's so many times where we we ask for something and then we also have an idea of what we think it will look like. Oh, yeah. And if, if it doesn't come out that way or if, 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 it's, if we're taking action and it's different than what we prayed for, we might not even notice that our prayer was answered. So you you started taking on clients. Now your job for the client is to help market them. Is that it? To get them business? Yeah. So we do. We have two sides of the business and it's kind of always been this way. One of them is online business management. So that what falls under that umbrella is that day-to-day stuff. Like how were they serving their clients? What is that day-to-day stuff that needs to be done? Sometimes that means social media. Sometimes that means like client onboarding or scheduling or email management, those things. 
And then the other side of our business is implementing digital strategies. So clients come to us and they're like, you know, I am going to be launching a membership area or I'm going to be launching an online summit. We will put all the pieces in place so that they can do that launch. So from setting up the email sequences, the web pages, like all that backend tech, we're really there to support them through both of those sides of their business. Because what I have found is that our clients really need somebody to stand with them to hold the vision of their business. And I found that those are the best hiring decisions for entrepreneurs too, is aligning with somebody who's passionate about your vision. And when somebody's passionate about your vision, they're all out. Like they want to help you with the day-to-day and they want to help you with like everything you've got going on. So that's why we offer both of those things internally. Awesome. Awesome. So what changed within your business from when you were, you had a client and you were like, I don't need to do all of this effort myself. I don't need to write all the blog. I don't need to do all the social graphics. I don't need, I need help too. So you start outsourcing and contracting other people to help you with this one client. And then you realize, oh, this is an agency. Oh, I can scale even just this. So I've got I've got a couple of questions here. But the first one is when you were doing this work and you saw that it was working, yet your heart was still in this other lane. What happened? Were you like, what was that about? What were you doing? And were you able to then transfer your purpose into this? Yeah, I think the answer to that is that I thought what I was doing was the other businesses in my mind were like the God honoring businesses. They were always were these like outright Christian things. Like I was building a um, platform that Christian entrepreneurs could have community and training really because that's what I needed. (laughs) Like I was building what I needed because entrepreneurialism is such a spiritual journey for me. Like it is the thing that has really required me to have to totally submit to God because like every penny is coming from a business. I can't count on anybody else. It's been such a spiritual journey. So I wanted something that that really fell in alignment with that. And I didn't understand at the time that I could be a God honoring business owner and my business didn't have to, it could be about anything. Like I didn't understand that. And so that was a journey for me in understanding that. And it took that sabbatical for me to realize, hey, I've just got to be obedient regardless of whether it makes sense to me or not. And it it became more about radical obedience than about, I have to do something that looks good, (laughs) that looks like what God would want. That's so interesting because you're right. I think sometimes we... Yeah. Okay. So when I was, I was a clinical psychologist and I got into psychology because I have a heart for people and I want to help them grow. And I was like, this is my purpose. This is what I'm supposed to do. I am supposed to cast vision for you and help you become better and all these things. So when I started my business, it was a huge shift because I would, you know, at work all day, I'd be like, you want to harm yourself and this family's fighting in my office. And this client just went to jail And then I'd go home and be like, you want a body wrap? Okay. (laughs) So it felt like it wasn't as purpose driven, right? This business that's about health and beauty products. It felt like less than or not as cool as this hard stuff that I was doing at work. But one of the big shifts I had is similar to yours when I realized, oh, I can do what I was called to do here. And I, I could... I could help cast vision for people here in their business and I could help new business owners grow and I could cast vision and teach time management, do all the things I was doing with my clients, but in a system that's helpful with clients 
who care. And as that was my major shift because before it was, I know this is working, but my heart is still really wanting to work and help people. And when I really connected that my business was helping people and it was creating a culture and it was all of that, it's kind of like the brakes were off, you know, no excuses. Here we go. And it sounds like your pivot was a little similar. Oh, very much so. Very, very much so. And mine also had to do with like humbling myself and attaching so much meaning to doing things the way that God was asking me to do them. Like in my mind, it was like, I'm wanting to be an entrepreneur, but you're asking me to be a virtual assistant. Like, Lord, I don't think you hear me, (laughs) but, but the reality is I needed to one, to be a good leader. And I didn't know this at the time to be a good leader. You need to humble yourself. I mean, this is something that I had read in the Bible. Like I knew it was biblical, but I didn't know the practical application. Right. And so I wouldn't be a good leader and I wouldn't be stewarding my leadership position if I hadn't been willing to humble myself and continually humble myself. So God was developing my character to set me up to give me what I wanted. And I'm so thankful that he didn't just put me where I wanted without that character building because I wouldn't have the foundation and that growth to help me serve well in what I do now. Yeah, yeah. It's so true. And another thing that you said that I am grabbing onto is that not only do you guys do the day-to-day tasks of helping to respond to emails, of creating back-end funnels and pictures and you know all the, the things, but you also hold the vision for an entrepreneur. Why does the entrepreneur need that? Oh my gosh, I've seen this play out. I'll I'll share my a personal story where I have seen this happen in my life. And because I know that a lot of people are going to relate to this. So I knew that I had a message that I wanted to share with people. And that is, you know, how to eradicate entrepreneurial stress. Like you've got to be delegating. You have to have a team. Like I know all this stuff. And I really wanted to start talking to other entrepreneurs like on podcasts. And I thought like, I just had this burning desire to share this message with more people. And so I told my team for about three months, I'm going to start looking for podcasts and I'm going to pitch myself to podcasts because more people just need to hear this and not enough people are talking about it. Well, I didn't take action. I had every intent to take action, but I was scared. Like every email that I would open up, I thought I'm not worthy of this. Like it didn't sound like that in my mind, but really it boils down to those thoughts. It was like, this person's too big for me. They're not going to care. Like all these fears and all this stuff was popping up in my mind. And then my team noticed like, so how's that podcasting stuff going? And I'm like, well, you know, and I was honest with them. Like, okay, I'm not going after it. And then somebody from my team took it over. And this is the thing. My team shares the vision that I do, but because I'm the owner of the business, I have certain emotional attachments to it that nobody else is going to have. And sometimes those emotional attachments really stall me. They really like get me stuck and not moving forward. But having a team that's looking out for where you want to go, holding that vision with you, it helps move your business forward. It also helps you feel less lonely as the entrepreneur. Because how many times have you gone to like, your spouse or your best friend and said, Oh my gosh, this thing that's happening in my business. But then there's like this big backstory that you have to share because nobody knows what you even do anyways. <laughs> like They don't understand your business. Having that accountability and just the people that will cheer you on and really have skin in the game makes all the difference. So that is a prerequisite for us 
is we only work with business owners who we are passionate about their business with them because we're doing you a disservice if we're not totally on board with what you're doing. Like you would be better off hiring like people that function more robotically and just get tasks done. That's not what we do. Oh, I love that. And I agree. <laughs> I'm like, I have my own story. Goodness. When I um, wrote my book, my first, or my, I guess it's my second book. We wrote Retire Your Husband quite a few years ago, but Design Your Dream Life is my most recent book. And I basically did it all by myself. And when you're doing something all by yourself and you hit a roadblock, it's so easy to cry, (laughs) to take it personally, to think maybe I'm not good enough for this. I don't know what I'm doing, you know, all these things. And I had to, I, I stirred in that for quite a while until I found a new editor who had been in the publishing industry for a while and her team, because she was again, connected with people who knew what they were doing. And not only were they able to help guide me by giving me like next steps when I didn't really know what to do next. But anytime I felt a bit like, Oh, is this, I'm not sure. Eek, I'm scared. They like built my confidence in so many ways. Cause they were just always so affirming and would see me cooler than I saw myself. And I can tell you having those people around you makes such a big difference because we're human, right? It's easy to fall into fear. So we've got to choose people that keep us on our path. Yeah. I love what you did too. You aligned yourself with people who were even smarter than you too. Like I talk about my team that way. The gold that I have in being an entrepreneur is I find and align myself with people that are smarter than me. And that's allowed my business to take a shape that's more than just what I could have ever bring to the table. And I'm able to have, and the company is able to have more impact as a result too. Like you needed somebody who can carry the vision of your book with you. And that helps you propel yourself forward even bigger than you could have brought yourself forward. I I love that. I think there's so much beauty in that. Yeah, absolutely. So question, I do work with a lot of solopreneurs, essentially, you know, we're kind of doing this. And a lot of times it's our side hustle as well. So we've got jobs, we've got families, and we're working our business maybe eight to 10 at night or a few hours throughout the day on lunch breaks or things like that. Uh, of course, the goal is to grow the business big enough to when, when you, so you can quit your job and do this full time. But you often say that the DIY mindset is anti-entrepreneurial. So tell us what is the DIY mindset and how can we avoid it right from the start? So this is a trap that I see a lot of people get into. And I want to say that there's a lot of grace for this because once you become an entrepreneur and you open a business Facebook page, you're going to start getting hit with all these marketing messages about how to do all the things yourself, right? But the problem is that entrepreneurs are entrepreneurs because of their creativity and their visionary like characteristics. And that is a very different person than somebody that's simply a doer. But what happens is we get inundated with all the things that have to be done, right? Because every business has stuff that needs to be done. And that's the beauty and the curse of the technology that we're living in right now, right? Like we can learn how to do everything ourselves, but should we? If you think about businesses before this generation, what kind of business could you start where you didn't need a team? Like this is kind of new that you don't need other people because you can learn all the things. But what I see happening is that entrepreneurs get so stuck in DIY that they're spending countless hours learning new skills so that they can support their business. But the thing here is that your skill as an entrepreneur is your motivation, your ambition, your grit your vision, all of that stuff that is going to propel you forward. 
But when you cloud it with all of this DIY, like, let me figure out how to DIY my website. Let me how to figure out how to DIY. Here, I'm going to put myself under the bus. Let me figure out how to DIY my own PR. You know, like all of those things are going to hold you back and they're going to weigh you down. And I have found for myself, like it sucks the energy out of me. And you need a lot of energy to want to move your business forward. So I want to like offer some practical advice here because I hear from a lot of people that are in the beginning stages like, okay, that's great, but I don't have the cash to do those things, right? And I get that. I totally get that. So here's some practical advice that I have to offer for those people. And that is, let's take like you're setting up your email marketing campaign, right? You need to put a newsletter together or something. One of the options that you could take is figuring it out all by yourself. You're probably going to spend countless hours on YouTube, figuring out the platform. And when you really take stock of how much time you've spent on it, you've probably spent like five hours trying to figure out how to set up MailChimp or ConvertKit, right? Well, you could go and you could find somebody on Upwork or in a virtual assistant Facebook group, one of these places, and you could pay somebody else for one or two hours of their time to actually do that project for you and create a training video for you so that you're empowered to maintain it on your own moving forward. I think what happens is we just don't look at how much time we're spending doing these things. But if we were to do the math, like, okay, you could spend $40 paying a really skilled team member or virtual assistant to put together one of these things. That's $40. And if it takes you five hours to do it on your own, you're essentially saying that you're not even worth $10 an hour by doing it on your own. I bet you, you could figure out how to come up with that $40. And then it allows you to just keep moving your business forward. What you need is momentum. Absolutely. And when you're doing the things that aren't in your gift zone or in your genius zone, you leave drained. And that's when you go, oh, I don't know if I can do this or I don't know if this is for me because you're not doing what brings you joy. You're not doing your your gift. You know, when I do events, I'm like, this is what I'm made to do. And when I'm editing YouTube, I'm like, this is not what I was made to do. (laughs) So you want to find the people that can fill in the gaps for you. So you truly can carry the torch because as the CEO of your own business, you are carrying the torch. And if you're not doing that, sometimes the question is, is like, who is? And you kind of start spinning your wheels. Yeah, I just see too many entrepreneurs investing in, and these things are great, but investing in courses to teach them how to do the things or like coaches that are going to teach them how to do the things. It's like, do you know that you could have spent a fraction of that to just pay somebody to do the thing and then even have them create a training video for you? Then, then you're empowered. You know, it's because those marketing messages that we're getting hit with on Facebook, like they're really impactful telling you that you have to do webinars and you have to learn all the systems to do a webinar. You know, they're trying to sell you something, but there are better ways. And the ways that I'm proposing, I would challenge are going to help you, you know, take off faster and bring you more joy at the end of the day. Because what entrepreneur starts doing this because they're like, yay, I want to figure out how to put together all the tech behind a webinar. Like, really? I didn't. That sounds awful. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and so it sounds like too, when they purchase through you or sign up as a client and however you guys word that, that they get more than just you. So there's other people involved and and it sounds like it's really a, a team effort. Yeah. So you don't get me at all. And you don't want me because I like, I'm the visionary. My job is really to build an incredible company and hold that company culture. But internally, we have an executive team and we have account managers. So working with us means getting paired with an account manager that's going to be that person for you, your right hand person to hold that vision with you. 
And then because we function as an agency, that's the biggest difference between working with us versus just hiring like one person by themselves. You have that one person, but they're then able to utilize the skills of the entire team. So that's why we can say like, you know, we can put you on ClickFunnels and we also know Kajabi and we can do graphic design because we have aligned ourselves with a team that's big enough to cover all of those skills. What we're talking about with entrepreneurs, like functioning in your zone of genius, this is essential for team members as well. If you have one team member that's saying they're good at all the things, like that, to me, that's a red flag, right? Like we want to pair you with people or have people working on your projects that really are good at their their skill and they're, they've honed in on that thing. So you really are able to get that level of expertise that I think is essential to building a business. Awesome. Awesome. So tell me, uh, I love what you said here in my notes. You say, often ask yourself, what would Richard Branson do? What does that mean? <laughs> I think this is so funny. It kind of started as this like joke. But then after I said it, I was like, oh my gosh, there's a lot of truth to this. And it's actually a really good barometer. So and the reason I say Richard Branson and not somebody else who's like more in one of the more like trendy up and coming businesses or whatever, is that Richard Branson does what lights him up. Like he is a visionary, right? Like he's doing new things that are, that are exciting to him. And so that's why he's been able to have so much impact. He's surrounded himself with people who can get involved in the minutia of his ideas and execute on them. But he understands what it, it means to be an entrepreneur and to be a CEO. He is really tapped into, I function in that visionary lane. And so when <laughs> there are different things that happen, like I have people offer suggestions to me all the time, like good friends that are in marketing say like, you should start a podcast or you should really focus more on Instagram or all these things. I think like, well, would doing that really light me up and give me the energy that I need to then go do things like my taxes, because that's something that I always have to do, right? So like, I only want to commit to the things that truly energize me so that I can then move on to the next thing with that renewed energy. If I'm going to do something that drags me down, and I'm going to walk away from it feeling like, ugh, you know, and then I think, especially since becoming a mom, like my business has got to energize me because then what am I going to do if it's depleted me and I then go have to go hang out with my two-year-old? Like, I don't want my two-year-old to get a depleted mom. I want him to have an energized mom. Mm. And that's how you can thrive in all areas of life, you guys. Yeah, <laughs> is doing the things that bring you joy and outsourcing the rest. Because the interesting thing is that something that depletes you re-energizes someone else. It's so true. someone out there loves to do taxes. We just got to yeah. find them. <laughs> but when you have those people on your team, then you can outsource it to them and that fills their cup and everybody wins. I'm so glad you said that because I've talked to too many entrepreneurs that project their own feelings on other people. I was working with somebody recently and she felt like she needed to treat everyone else on her team like she wanted to be treated. But the reality is they were not the same as her. They liked those things that she didn't like. And so if you're already working with a team and you're struggling with that, I would just encourage you to give other people permission to say yes or no and make those decisions on their own. I've had to do that with my team. I've made assumptions that they wouldn't want to do something. And then they look at me like, uh, actually, I would love that. So keep those, like, keep that open dialogue with people and don't make, don't put how we feel onto other people. Awesome. So a couple more questions about your company. Do you have a story of a client who started working with you and then not only got like reorganized within the company, but then you saw awesome growth? 
Yes. And we have this client who we, we just call her like our dream client. That's kind of how I refer to her every time we talk to her because she really is. She just understands what it means to trust a team. When she came to us, she was doing everything herself. And I think she was really looking for a clone of herself. It was like she knew how to onboard clients and she knew how to support them. And she had figured out all the processes, which isn't necessarily how all of our clients come to us. But she had figured out a lot of processes, but she was getting overwhelmed by it, having to do that daily grind. So she started working with us. It probably was almost a year ago now. She started working with us. And I think we signed her at the time we were taking on clients doing 20 hours per month. And so she was working with us in that capacity. Um, now she's regularly securing 80 hours a month. And what she has done with us is trusted us to like speak on behalf of her company. So this, this is another thing that could, could be helpful too is... I think that a lot of times we want our name on everything because that's how it's always been. But I think letting... Like if you have an executive assistant or something, letting them put their name on a signature so then they could own the mistake that they've made and it's not your face on it. That kind of lowers those nerves a bit. But she's really owned the fact that she has a team and that she works with us. And as a result, she's been able to back off of stuff that she really wasn't needed. And that includes communication with clients, which can be a scary thing. And then what we've done also is we've been able to partner with her to, to develop packages that serve her clients, that we do all the execution, she doesn't actually do any of it. So one of them is like an influencer outreach package. She charges, you know, I don't know the exact dollar amount, I'm sure she charges over $1,000 for this thing. But internally, we execute it for $750. And so she's able to serve her clients in a greater capacity in a more detailed done for you driven way. But she doesn't have to do it. We do it on her behalf, but under the umbrella of her company. So not only have we taken work off of her plate, but we've actually now created additional revenue streams for her business without putting that work on her shoulders. Ooh, that's amazing. And I think that that is a great example of how you're her biggest cheerleader because you're not just doing the tasks she gives you, but you're being creative and brainstorming with her and getting excited about it and helping her develop something that adds to her business. Yeah, because we love what she's doing. Like, yeah, that's exciting. <laughs> we talk about her business. We brainstorm about her business behind the scenes because saying that we're invested and we help carry the vision, we've really determined for that not just to be lip service. Yeah. Like, let's figure out how we can really truly support this. And I do what I do because I love passionate entrepreneurs. And so this is fun for me. So you are now a mom. Yes, I am. (laughs) (laughs) So tell me how has being a mom impacted your entrepreneurship or, you know, how have you been able to do both well? Becoming a mom was one of the, the things that helped me realize that working less just had to be a way of life. So like I shared a little bit when I was when I had Yes Boss and I'm working like five hours a week and then I have this other business where I'm working 40 hours a week, making like nothing, working 40 hours a week. What I realized I was doing is I was trying to prove my worth to myself by overworking. Like I didn't think that I was deserving of putting in so few hours, but making so much money, really. And when my son came along, I realized, oh my gosh, this is why I need bandwidth. So all of the ways in which I was really strict about what I was willing to say yes to 
those boundaries got even more firm for me. And then adding the layer of not just how much time things were going to take me, but how much joy it brought to me and how things energized me, that became a whole lot uh, more important for me too. Because becoming a mom has been a huge transition to me. And it's taken a lot of like refiguring out who I am as a person and how to be selfless. <laughs> it's like, this was not a natural progression for me. I didn't become a mom and suddenly became very mom-like. It's been a journey and I've needed to give myself the freedom to go on that journey without the additional stress of business owner. I love that you were able to know, you just, it seems like a growth, growth oriented, you know what I mean? So a uh, challenge comes up. You aren't always just backpedaling and being like, well, this means something you, you work through it and you have, it's not a stop sign, right? It's a speed bump. And so you've been able to grow and change and kind of evolve throughout this process. I really appreciate you saying that. I really do. I, I just I firmly believe that God says that he will use all things for not only his glory, but the good of those who serve them. So things come and it's like, okay, Lord, show me how this is going to be used for my good. Cause right now it doesn't feel good at all, <laughs> but I'm just going to stand and trust that you will work it out for my good. And oh my gosh, I've just seen him be faithful in that way time and time again, that like I can put my stake in that and know that I can hold firm to the fact that he's going to work it out. Even if it doesn't look good right now, he's going to use it. Mm, I love that. Show me, show me how this can be used for your glory and my benefit, because in the moment it feels hard, but we know there's an, always another side. So you are not only the visionary and the, you know, you're carrying the flag for your company, but you're also creating a culture within your company, within all the, your employees, right? So then they can kind of carry the banner with the client, which means that part of your job, I'm sure, just like all of ours, is to stay sane, <laughs> stay filled up, stay like overflowing, right? So what are some things you do every day that you couldn't live without? I love journaling. It's my way to like process through what I'm going through. It helps me see my thoughts in black and white. And sometimes I need to see them in black and white to evaluate them with truth because feelings are all kinds of confusing, right? I'm not, I'm a, <laughs> I'm, I don't like feelings to be honest. But, but I'm human and I have them and that's been my way of really navigating through them. So journaling is really big. I've also been prioritizing getting outside. That was never really a priority for me before, but we bought a house late last year and I now have a backyard and it's like, okay, I didn't buy a house with a yard to just leave, let the yard go to waste. But now I'm seeing the benefits of actually getting out in the sun. It's like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I also like, this is kind of weird. I don't know why I'm sharing this, but also like, if I'm feeling that anxiety come up in my body, which I think at this point, it happens almost daily, feeling like some kind of like, ah, there's something, you know, going on. I just start either I do a dance party with my two year old, or we just start doing jumping jacks, like something to just like move, like get it out, get it out. You know, I think in this online world, we spend a lot of time in front of our computers. And as entrepreneurs, we spend a lot of time with the energy going in our brain, like all this thinking going on in our brain, but our bodies aren't moving. And so I've been trying to just like move my body more. I wish that I was like really into fitness. I could tell you I was going to the gym. Like maybe that'll eventually be me. And, and drinking my coffee slowly in the morning, at least the first cup, drinking it slowly. <laughs> the, those are the things that I try to leave room for in my life every, every day. Beautiful, beautiful. I, I love dancing. We have um, our Alexa in the kitchen. So when the boys come home from school, 
uh, the TV does not go on. We turn on Alexa as they have their snack. And I think that music can be such a fun way to just kind of bring joy into the house. I agree. Fun. So what are some of your favorite books that you do either are reading now or have read in the past? Yeah. So there are two books that I think are so good that set you up for all these things that I, that I talk about. Number one, essentialism. Like build a business that's focused on essential. I mean, we talk about this like 80-20 rule that 20, what is it? 20% of what we do produces 80% of the results, all these things. Essentialism is going to change your mindset with really distilling down what's important and what's impactful. I read this about four years ago and I'm gearing up to read it again. It's just the principles are so good. So Essentialism by Greg McGowan. And then the other one is Run Like Clockwork by Mike Michalowicz. He's the author of a few different books, but and I I actually read all of them last year. I was on like a Mike Michalowicz binge. Run Like Clockwork, what I like about it is he talks about what it's like to run a company. Not not like marketing strategies and this and entrepreneurialism necessarily, but he brings this framework of like what it is to build a company that functions in a way that it can make money and it can flow without you being in charge of all of that flow. For me, one of the motivations for becoming an entrepreneur was I wanted freedom and you need processes and you need people. And and he really lays it out in such a way that it's like, oh my gosh, I totally get it. Like I see where maybe I could improve things or refine things. And regardless of whether you're wanting to build a massive company or just have more flexibility as an entrepreneur, I feel like in this book, Run Like Clockwork, you're able to get something regardless of what level you're in. And I think that more beginner entrepreneurs should be reading stuff like this. Yeah, because you need to read it before you even get there sometimes so that you actually can get there. And when you get there, you don't flounder. Yeah, yeah. So if there's somebody listening and they're like, I thought about starting a business or I'm thinking about taking more action here, but I'm scared, I don't really know. uh, What would you tell somebody who's kind of on the fence about following their dreams? The dream is because you want to be a business owner. We'll say that. Like the motivation is like it needs to make money. Figure out that path to monetization as quickly as possible and make it as short as possible. Now, I know that's like easier said than done for somebody who's never experienced it before. But what my challenge is, is figure out how to connect with your audience, how to serve your audience and how to how to sell to your audience And don't make it complicated. Don't add layers of other things to what you do. Figure out how to do those three things and dig that well as deep as you can. You have to show up for people um, with genuineness in order to have a business that's going to become successful. And the more simple you keep it, the easier your life is going to be, the quicker you're going to start making money. And that's why I love what you do. Like People are able to partner with a company that has processes already figured out. Like in my mind, this is a shortcut. You don't have to put together the machine to figure out how to operate the machine. You're partnering with a company that's got that figured out. So that's what I would encourage people to do. I think too often it's like, okay, I'm going to work on my logo and I'm going to work on my business cards and I'm going to work on my website and all these other things. Like those aren't going to affect the bottom line. Yeah. I love that. Connect serve and sell. And these are skills. And, And the goal is that you learn the skill, right? And then it becomes habitual. So then it just becomes, it's like we say, a process. It becomes part of what you do on a consistent basis. So you're always growing your network. You're adding value to your network. So you build that like known trust factor. And then you're actually selling to them, meaning you're giving them an action 
you're giving them a call out. You're saying, here's how you can benefit. Uh, I think sometimes people are scared to do that, but that's the part where you actually make a sale and they become your full-blown customer. So learning all of those skills is really important. And I'm kind of thinking, is this the three-step process you were talking about? (laughs) It's very similar to the three-step process. Yeah. Step one has to do with essentialism. Yes. Yeah. My philosophy is work less, make more. And not because it's catchy, because I've really found that you've got to distill things down. So yes, it's very similar to the process that we've laid out. (laughs) Awesome. Well, you guys, for those that are interested in learning a bit more about essentialism and how to connect, serve and sell and how to work less and make more, go to yesbossva.com slash work less, make more, where you can get a three-step process for working less and making more. So is there anything else you want to add, Kristen? First is thank you so much for this opportunity. I want to encourage people that are feeling stressed out or nervous that you can do this. It doesn't have to be lonely. It doesn't have to be stressful. It can be simple. It's, it's hard. Being an entrepreneur is hard. I don't want to sugarcoat that. But Aligning yourself with with the right team and with the right peers and having that mentality that it can be simple is going to lighten the load of entrepreneurialism so much. It's, it's just going to make it more enjoyable. This entrepreneurship, when done right, is super rewarding, is super enjoyable, and it can be so impactful. So, so impactful. So get started. Start making, those, making the, the shifts in your life that you need to have a more enjoyable business. If you're burned out, it doesn't have to be that way. Awesome. Thank you so much for your wisdom. Not only have you built your own business, but you work with entrepreneurs all day long. So you're really able to support in the areas needed so they can thrive in their zone of genius. So you guys, if you want to continue to learn more, check out yesbossva.com slash work less, make more. And the link will be in the description box below. So thank you so much. I've learned a lot and I really appreciate your wisdom and experience. Thank you so, so much for having me. Thanks so much for hanging out with us today. I want to hear your aha moment from today's amazing episode. If you could leave a review at whatever podcast player you choose to listen from, Apple Podcast, CastBox, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you're listening from, leave a review and share with us your favorite part of today's episode. Thanks for hanging out. And remember to dream big.